Welcome to At Work in America, sponsored by Paychex. We welcome a wide and exceptionally impressive array of guests, business leaders, HR leaders, academics, practitioners, consultants, and authors to talk about the most timely, relevant, and challenging issues that are influencing the workplace today. At Work in America digs in behind the headlines and trends to the stories of real people making a difference in the world of work. And now here are your hosts, Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland-Steed. Welcome to the show today, Trish. We have an amazing show today. We are, we're going to get to all the details in a second. We're on location. We're at a very special place. We're about to welcome a very special guest to the Outwork in America podcast. Trish, I'm super excited. I am too. I love when we get to go on site and do field trips. And this, I think, is going to shape up to be our best guests. And we even, our guest even gave us beverages, which is incredible. And so That's this is already my favorite show of the year. But first, before I'm teasing everything, before we get to the show, let's thank our friends at Paychecks. Of course, Trish, this episode of At Work in America is sponsored by Paychecks, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. The current business and hiring environment has redefined what it takes to succeed as an HR professional, requiring HR leaders to adapt and innovate at lightning speed to help their organizations remain competitive. You can download the 2022 Paychecks Pulse of HR report to discover the tools and tactics your peers are using to deliver on both HR and business objectives faster and at scale while still meeting the involving needs of your employees. You can visit payx.me slash phr. 2022 to download your copy today. And thanks, of course, to our friends at Paycheck. Absolutely. It's a great report. Have you read it? I have. Good. Twice. Twice. How about that? Well, that's good. No, everyone should get that. It's always good to have a nice free resource. So yeah, absolutely. So let's get on to the show. We are at Warm Springs Ranch. I don't know the name of the city, but we're in Missouri. Is this officially Boonville? Are we in Boonville, Missouri? So just outside, for anyone who's not familiar with it, so if you think center of Missouri, which is pretty close to center of the country, we're we're very close to the center of everything right now, I would say. We're in the heartland, and we are welcoming our guest, who's with us in person, Amy Trout. She's the ranch manager at Warm Springs Ranch. Amy, how are you today? I'm awesome. Thanks for coming. This is going to be so much fun. It is so great to see you. Thank you for having us and hosting us. For folks who may not know, Please tell us what Warm Springs Ranch is and a little bit more about what you do here at Warm Springs Ranch. Sure. Well, Warm Springs Ranch is the home of the Budweiser Clydesdales. So literally, this is where it all begins. So this is where we keep the mares, the stallions, all the babies are born here. The training takes place here. So if you're a Budweiser Clydesdale fan, this is a must stop. (laughs) That's absolutely iconic, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no person in America or probably pretty much anywhere in the modern world who is not familiar with Budweiser Clydes. Absolutely. You know, the the horses are just iconic. People recognize them no matter where we go. But I would say that in Missouri, St. Louis especially, like there is definitely a hometown feel about the Clydesdales. The locals take a lot of pride in the horses, but it's always fun to have visitors from out of state and all over the world come here to see them. Yeah. And so just a little backstory of why we're here at the show. Oh, six, eight weeks ago, something like that. I was just reading the news like I do on my computer every morning, just come thinking about coming up with ideas either for this show or for some of the other things we do. And I read this really, really cool feature on businessinsider.com about someone who was involved with the the Clydesdales. And I read, read about this person and her job. And I'm thinking, 
Wow, that's really cool. So I contacted Karen, our, our show producer and, and chief customer officer extraordinaire. And I said, don't you know someone who is involved with the Clydesdales? And, and she's like, oh, yes, that's my friend Amy. I'm like, oh, I said, this must be a show. We've it's got destiny. to do this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for that's sure. Right. I, I was going to say, I think that, too, if you if you think about the Clydesdales and the ability to actually like come see them. Not just to do a show, but I mean, it just like everything made sense to come do this and and to really learn about what it takes to work for an organization like Anheuser Busch. What it takes to work in a role like this. This is different than anything we've ever heard anywhere else. Yes. So, so maybe Amy could tell us a little bit about the job and what what does it take to kind of run a place like this and and get the teams of Clydesdales ready for all the things that that they do around the world. So this is a 350 acre ranch and there is a lot of moving parts of this. So not only do we have to worry about taking care of the pastures and the fence and all of the property, but we also have about 75 horses, give or take here at any given time. Um, We also are responsible for all the breeding and there's a lot of thought that goes into the breeding process because you're thinking about what mares and stallions might pair up the best to give you the most optimum offspring to make that beautiful eight horse hitch one day. (laughs) And so, and then there's the actual, you know, nursing the mare through her pregnancy, delivering the foal, raising the foal, and then training the foal to pull. I mean, it's just, there's so many moving parts to this operation. It's really mind boggling. And then on top of that, we also are open to the public. So we have tours here. So we have to always be ready to entertain our guests and make sure they have a good experience. So this is, it's not just wearing one hat here. It's wearing multiple hats all day long and switching them out throughout the day. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else though. Yeah. So maybe like, let's break that down a little bit a lot to sort of impact. So when you think about just just the parts of your job, maybe they're are not as public facing, mm-hmm. right? You talked a lot about just the understanding of horses, understanding mm-hmm. from before birth, right? Yeah. All the way through getting them to be working on a hitch. What's your background? What got you into a role like this? And further than that, what would someone who may be interested in a role like this, is that different today maybe than what you went through? Sure. Well, my background is I I grew up in Virginia and my family had a small farm. We did have some draft horses. We had some dairy goats and lambs and all kinds of critters. So I always knew I wanted to work with animals, but we didn't have anything fancy like what you see here today. I mean, my dad worked the fields with the horses. and, And so I grew up with a passion for animals. I went to North Dakota State University and I I got my degree in animal science and I have a minor in zoology. And so when I first left college, I mean, I was broke. I just wanted to (laughs) got a teaching position in Virginia and I taught agriculture for two years at a high school in Virginia. So I was an FFA advisor and did all that kind of fun stuff with the kids. And then I just realized that my passion was really working hands-on with animals. That's what I wanted to do. And so I started sending my resume out um, to zoos as well as Anheuser-Busch. And I said, here's my resume. If you think, you know, I might be a good fit, call me. And Budweiser called. Wow. And so they flew me to St. Louis the next week for an interview. And I had the job before I finished my second year of teaching. And so I told the bosses in St. Louis that I was, you know, obligated to finish out this And they said, absolutely, yes, you do that. And then we want you to start. So actually this month, uh, I hit my 20-year anniversary with the Clyde Fantastic. 20 years ago, I started with the San Antonio Hitch in Chicago, Illinois, doing a 4th of July parade. That was my very first day on the job. Right. I did. Go big or go home. (laughs) I think I'm exaggerating to say this is really 
AB is a huge global company, huge global brand. This is a very big, prominent part of their brand. I mean, maybe the people who are responsible for making the beverages probably, you know, they they have a pretty big job too. But other than that, this this yeah. role and what you guys are doing here at, at the ranch, preparing these horses for that public facing, well, it's a very important part of what Absolutely. AB does. Yeah, yeah, we are we are the face of Budweiser and Anheuser Busch, and you know you think about the great commercials we've done over the years. I mean, who doesn't love the puppy and you know all the good ones? There's so many; it's hard yeah, to pick one. Sure, the 9/11 commercial, oh, that, right? That's hard. That's I mean, just, just I watch it today. And sure, I get a tear in my eye. I think with the Clydesdales too, though, it brings you in as a child. Now, growing up in St. Louis, I didn't realize at the time, but back then, I don't even know if it still happens, but if you went to the St. Louis Cardinals baseball game, you know, there was a time where the the Clydesdales would come in and it was just, you get this feeling. It's like this feeling of love for your city, for the team, for Anheuser-Busch, the whole thing, right? And so as you grow up, even if you're not old enough to be a beer drinker, it's something that connects you to Anheuser-Busch from a very young age. Oh, so yeah. I, I don't know if that's an intentional thing or if that just kind of outgrew from it. it but it, it has worked. I, I don't worked, know whether yeah. it was intentional or not. Yeah. You know, the Clydesdales itself wasn't really intentional. You know, the the whole premise of the Clydesdales started back in 1933 when Prohibition was being repealed. And, and so, you know, the president of the company was gifted a six-horse hitch of Clydesdales from his son, Gussie Bush, who started Grant's Farm, of course, um, as a gift. And, you know, who knew that that six horse hitch as a gift to celebrate the repeal of Prohibition would turn into the greatest marketing story in American history. And next year, we're going to be celebrating 90 years with the Clydesdales that this has been going on. So, I mean, for just a like a little Prezi turning into something so significant is pretty awesome. Mm That's amazing. Now, do you have other animals here at this location, or is this Clydesdales only? Just the bald eagle you saw this morning. Really, for anyone, like, if you're listening, like, we we arrived here this morning, we see a bald eagle as soon as we step out of the car, and then we come right in, and before we sit down to start doing this, you immediately took us over to see a brand new, born in March, bull, right, which... I've never seen anything, certainly not a Clydesdale up that close, and we were able to touch it and pet it and hug it. And it was like a little mini Clydesdale, is what that was. Like, it's which it's overwhelming. It's weirdly, really, because most of us are familiar with the Clydesdales from right. advertising and maybe right. seeing them at events or ball games or something, but you only see the full-grown the full grown, uh, right. horses, right? Just to think, wait, they must start at a smaller size at some point. And I've <laughs> never seen one that wasn't gigantic, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, they sit the ground here. They're 50 pounds. And they grow tremendously fast because they'll be close to a thousand pounds at one year of age. Really? So that's putting on a lot of weight in a very short period of time. They grow tremendously fast. And that's another part of the job when we talk about all the different hats that you wear, just the nutritional component and making sure that each horse is like receiving the optimum nutrition to like reach that growth that we want and keep them healthy. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to this job. Now, with things like that, do you have training that Anheuser-Busch provides on being able to stay current on some of those maybe new trends in nutrition for the horses yeah. and things like that? Or is that something so, you also do on your own? One, one of the things that we've done in the last 10 years is we've partnered with Purina. And Purina based just outside of St. Louis. And the great thing about Purina is, you know, they've been making horse feed as long as we've been brewing beer. And we've never worked together before. Mm -hmm. And about 10 years ago, I was stationed at Grant's Farm in St. Louis. And we had a few nutritional issues. And I reached out to some colleagues at Purina. And and they actually showed up at Grant's Farm. They put the hands on the horses and, like, kind of 
went through the diets with me and, and we were able to make some changes and saw some massive improvements in just those couple horses. So, you know, we saw the writing was on the wall that, hey, this is what we need to be doing with all of our horses. So in a very short order, we switched the entire herd to Purina feeds. And now they're Purina nutritional experts. You know, these guys have PhDs in nutrition. They come out here usually once a month or whenever I need them. Mm-hmm. And they'll actually go through the herd with us, offer suggestions, keep us up to date with the meth- the newest technology in animal feeds. And so it's great to have a good partner like that on the d- nutrition side. Yeah, that's awesome. Amy, you, we talked about it's a 350 acre facility. It's about 75 horses here at any given time. Huge grounds, beautiful grounds, by the way. So I, maybe you could tell us a little bit about just the the staff that you have here. You you have must have a lot of different roles. I don't know how many people. Yeah. You don't have to get into all the specifics. And there, are, if you don't want to, but just tell us a little bit about what it takes operationally and the kinds of folks you have also out here on the team here at, at the ranch. So I have uh, seven full-time staff here and the full-time staff consists of myself. And then I have two assistants, one that focuses on the reproductive side, one that focuses on the training side, and then everyone else just does everything, just kind of crosses over. Um, we also have a tour department here with, when we have a supervisor that's a full-time person. And then we hire upwards of 20 part-time staff yeah. to be tour guides, horse holders, tractor drivers. Nice. We have jobs. Uh, we have some ladies that just work in the gift shop, um, you know, but we have, we work closely with Mizzou. So we do get a lot of college students that want to come and work the summer, but then we lose them when they go back to class. In the fall. Yeah. And for folks who don't you know, know the area, we're probably what, 15 miles, oh, yeah, miles from the University of Missouri's right, main campus. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, but all of our jobs are posted at bushjobs.com. So if anyone's interested, that is definitely the place to go and apply. And we do have openings right now. Nice. So, yeah. Do there's... you have summer internships as well? If someone, for example, if they were wanting to go into this line of work and maybe they're currently studying, whether it's animal science, zoology, mm-hmm. do you do internships with colleges? Yes. yes. We actually have two internship positions. They're actually paid positions. And what we do is we actually partner uh, two p- individuals up with the traveling road hitches. And so they actually get to travel all summer with the hitch and see what see what traveling across the country is like. And let me tell you, it's like traveling with the equine rock stars, okay? Yeah. Like when you roll into town with these semis and they're beautiful, everybody wants to meet you and, you know, meet the horses and tell you the best places to eat and go see this and go do that. So traveling with the hitch is fantastic. And so these interns get a chance to do that. And then at the end, we can decide if, um, you know, we want to invite them back for a full-time position. Maybe it's a great fit. Maybe they're like... This was fun, but I want to do something else. But it's a great learning experience. In the future, we're actually hoping to expand on that. And maybe we'll have some internship programs here at the ranch. That'd be awesome. So that'd be that really, would be cool. really So yeah, cool. stay tuned. That might be coming. All right. Well, you'll have to let us know if you do that so we can like help spread the word yes, to anybody absolutely. that might be interested. I wanted to maybe take it a little different direction. We've done other shows, um, some involving animals. And my curiosity would be, we talk a lot about, you know, you have the East Coast hitch that is based out of this location. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the work that the animals do? Because I think that, you know, we think a lot about the work that the people do, but maybe talk about the training that the animals have to go through and what their experience of working is like. Sure. So what happens is when when the babies are born, they're with their moms until they're six months of age. When they're six months old, they get weaned. So that means they're separated from their moms. And that's when school begins, because up until that point, they're just kind of kicked out in the pasture with mom, running around with their buddies. They don't have a care in the world. 
So what happens at six months of age is we'll load the little guys on a trailer and we actually send them two and a half hours to St. Louis and they get off at Grant's farm and that's the prep school for the Clydesdales. So the things that they'll learn there is like how to stand for the farrier, the vet, how to load on and off the trailer, uh, you know, all the social graces and being in St. Louis, you get to hear the sights and the sounds of the city and planes and trains and all those things are great to desensitize the horses to. So as they grow and mature, and when they hit about three and a half years of age, they'll take another two and a half trailer ride, hour trailer ride back here to Warm Springs Ranch. And by that time, these guys should be about 1500 to 1700 pounds they're physically big enough, they're mentally mature enough to start handling, being harnessed and starting to pull the wagon. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we'll bring them back here. We'll put the harness on them. Now they've already been trained to do that. So they should stand perfectly while we put all the gear on them. And then we'll partner them up with an older, more mature horse that's already broke to drive. And we'll put them on a sled. And a lot of people ask, well, why do you start them on a sled? Well, the sled has a lot of drag to it. Mm -hmm. So if it's kind of spooks them a little bit, they're not going to run off. With yeah. It. Sure. They're partnered sure. with a 2000 pound horse that knows better. <laughs> so, so they kind of graduate up to a rubber tired wagon and then we will add two more horses and there'll be a four horse hitch and then a six horse hitch, then an eight horse hitch. And so we actually teach the horses how to drive in that order. We also teach the humans how to drive. Yeah, I was about so, to ask about the person sitting up on top of that wagon and sort of yep. driving. Is that the right word? Driving? Yeah. Do we, call so it? we teach the human drivers at the same time because like if you were in a room of 500 people and you said, raise your hand if you know how to drive an eight-horse hitch. How many people are going to right? find them? So we have to train them ourselves. And so the, the humans will learn right along with the young horses. And so that's kind of cool. So let's spend a year here driving. And then at that point, they graduate. And now it's like the NFL draft. They're up for hitch selection. Wow. And then the supervisors of the hitches will get together and it'll be like, okay, I want this one. I want that one. I can retire this one. Wow. Yeah. What's the skills that a horse that you really look for to be a, a good member of the eight horse team? Well, so each position of the team is different. It's no different than playing sports. You know, each position of the baseball team has different skills, right? Okay, so our wheel horses that are closest to the wagon are biggest, strongest guys. They're pulling all the weight. The horses that are way out in the lead, those are smaller. They're fancier. They got a lot of action. Okay. They pick their heads up. They're fancy, but they pull no weight. So we all know, you know, so they're all for sure. Kind of like Steve Bell. <laughs> yeah, I got that. That's cool. So Jennifer, good luck. East Coast Hitch, and they need a big, strong wheel horse, and all we have right now are smaller lead horses. Well, that's not going to be a good fit. Yeah. So we got to find the, the right fit for the right hitch. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, see, that's fascinating. I would just think that all eight would be pretty similar. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> interesting. What about your drivers? What kind of skills make for a good driver? Um, patience, number one. Um, and you have to be able to react very quickly because if you think about when you're sitting on the wagon, the lead horse could be upwards of 35 to 40 feet away from you. Wow. So if they turned, you have a lot of slack in those lines. And so you have to be pretty quick on your feet and be able to adjust your lines, bring those horses back in line mm -hmm. um, and also keep everyone going. I mean, they, they have minds of their own. So you do, you know, you really have to be able to pay attention to all the horses and anticipate problems. You know, I remember doing the Macy's Day Parade in New York City. Gosh, this was years ago. And um, somehow a hitch got out, of, the hitch got out of order and they had to put a big balloon in front of us. And I thought to myself, well, this is going to be really awkward. Yeah. This huge balloon goes by the horses. But just like it's seeing the problems, anticipating what could happen. 
So now, what about you, because you are so customer and, and public facing, do you all, regardless of what your job is, do you all have a lot of training that you go through? I mean, obviously you have to have skills that make you good for the public, but what kind of training? Um, well, there's a lot of on the job training. And I think this goes for just about any job. There's for us, there's the right way, the wrong way and the Budweiser way. And there's only one way to do things here. You know, so, so, you know, you could come from a horse farm and have all the greatest horse experience in the world, but we have our own way of doing things. So a lot of it really is on the job training and, and learning how we do things. I mean, you know, next year, again, 90 years. So we've we've been there, done that, wrote the book yeah. on it. So we, we've got a pretty good handle on what works for us. But hey, we, we're open-minded to learn something new. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. I, here's a question I had, which is uh, sort of just a Clydesdale type question, which is, look, they are so iconic. They're everywhere. But I got to believe like the team here, plus the, like the marketing team, et cetera, communications, wants to sort of be careful a little bit. Like you probably can't just say yes to every time someone rings up and says, hey, can the Clydesdale show up here or there? What's the process go about saying like, hey, this is what the teams will do, if yeah. you will, out there? So from an Anheuser-Busch corporate perspective, we are represent, we represent the Budweiser brand as well as Anheuser-Busch. But the Budweiser brand has big sponsorships like Major League Baseball mm -hmm. um, is one of them. We do a lot of military things. So if there is like the all-star baseball game coming up and Budweiser is a big sponsor, well, we're going to be there. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. if um, the all-star baseball game was held at a stadium that wasn't a Budweiser stadium, might not be there for that. You know, so everything revolves around Budweiser beer and how we can sure. support the brand. But in a nutshell, how how it works outside of those big corporate events is we go through our local Budweiser wholesalers. So whatever okay. the local Budweiser wholesaler that services your area where you go to your grocery store, buy your beer, um, those folks will host us. And so if we were going to be in, let's say, Sedalia and we're going to be there for the state fair or, you know, like it would be the local wholesalers that would be hosting us for that event. Yeah. And so those are the folks that put in the request downtown to the, the headquarters in St. Louis. And we have a full-time person that that's all they do is just schedule. They just figure out the logistics of where we're going and how we're getting there. Yeah. And that's got to be really complex, I would imagine. Again, oh, you're yeah. talking about transporting not just the horses, but yeah. the people and yeah. equipment. And Lining and up the hotels and making sure the horses have right. feed and hay at every location. And, you know, it is a huge undertaking just moving the horses from point A to point B. Are there any like international engagements as well? Oh, actually, in 2014, I took four horses to China to celebrate oh, the Chinese goodness. New Year. That was the year of the horse. And so behind the scenes, we had this crazy plan of how we were going to get them over there. And, you know, we ended up uh, flying them over there via a, a, a Chinese cargo plane. Oh and it's, um, only, it's the only way to go. It's Chinese Crazy trip. Um, we traveled the distance equivalent of like my, um, Maine to Miami. Like that's how far we traveled in, okay. in China. So it was a tremendous um, undertaking and like what a crazy place to visit. And, you know, and these folks had never seen a Clydesdale right. before. So like what an impact the horses made on that culture was oh amazing. Well, we've been to China several times yeah. in work as well. So yeah, it's it's a very different I environment. I had a hard time flying business class from, right. to yeah. out from Seattle to Hong Kong. Right. So, what, you're feeding me again? Oh, I'm so full. Yeah. Two-part question then. So could you maybe talk about where the various hitches are located to start? And then when you think about travel, like do they have certain, I'm sure they do, certain travel requirements? 
of what they're accustomed to. Absolutely. So the three hitches are the East Coast Hitch based right here at Warm Springs Ranch. Our West Coast Hitch is based out of Fort Collins, Colorado. We have a brewery there. And then our third hitch is the St. Louis Hitch that's based right downtown at the brewery. Okay. So obviously, right. I mean, you mentioned they're on a cargo yep. plane, but I'm imagining it has to be air conditioned. Or like, are there certain things that they require to make them comfortable to it's hard for us to travel right and work in, in asia for example like so so traveling with the Clydesdales is really interesting because we have three semis that transport the horses around the country and all the employees have to have a class a cdl to drive the horses around so really? we, don't, we don't contract that out so i have mine everyone that works here has a class a cdl so we have to drive the trucks ourselves which that's another whole skill set and just you know driving yeah, and operational sure. and dot and blitz Okay, so the horses travel, uh, six horses in one trailer, four horses in the next, and then we have the wagon and the harness in the third truck. So each horse stands in a in, in just sort of a tie stall, so they have like a little bar in front of their chest and a little bar behind their rear, so they can lean forward and backwards, but they can't really move around too terribly much. We can hang hay bags in there for them. Um, the trailers are all air ride, very, very nice, very smooth. Each horse has an individual fan mounted above them, so if we get stuck in traffic because of an accident or, you know, construction or whatever, we can turn the generator on and make sure the horses have air moving across them. Now, some of our restrictions are is that we don't travel more than 500 miles a day. Um, so there's a lot of places that will just drive horses cross country and never stop, but that's not our, that's right. yeah. yeah. So we stop every uh, 500 miles and the horses get out, they go into a box stall, they spend the night, they get downtime before they get back on the trailer and travel the next day. Um, and we stop every two hours and check on the horses so they can get water if they need it. We can give them more hay. We actually have video cameras and installed in the tractors yes. as well. And so the horses can um, the horses can be on camera the whole time, so the drivers can see if they had to break suddenly. We can see you know if there's any issues, if we need to stop, or if everyone's okay. Um, you know when my when I first started with Budweiser, my family came out to visit me, and I was you know showing off. I was showing off, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, we have monitors in the trucks, so the you know the so the we have TV monitors, so you know we can watch the horses. And my grandmother didn't understand, and she goes. What do you suppose the horses watch? This is the last question for me, Amy, which we talked a little bit about at the beginning, right? The foaling process and some of the early training, and then they come back to the ranch, you know, to sort of learn how to do the hitch. Tell me a little bit about sort of the sort of the mature working years and then maybe, I don't know, the the, the retirement years, yeah. say, of the Clydesdale. So in a the horses would graduate here as five-year-olds. And so they take their place on the hitch at five. five. That's, and then, that's a mature age yeah. for a horse. And then we would retire them at about 15. So okay. that gives them 10 years of active duty on the hitch. And then most of these horses will live until their early to mid-20s. So that would give them approximately 10 years of retirement. Now, we have some horses that we keep on hand, particularly at Grant's Farm, that are retired. And they just stand you know, and meet and greet guests. Uh, on the yeah, sure. Picture. Brand ambassador yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So even once the horses retire, they still have a job. Yeah, nice. You know, very easy job, but still a job. Yeah. And then we also use some of those horses when we do film commercials. And so it's nice to have those extra geldings on hand if we need to send some horses to California to shoot the next commercial. So just because they're retired doesn't mean we, we don't uh, use them anymore. Now, are they out on the back 40 no. right right they got a pretty cush life yeah i gotta say i probably worked hard for okay. 10 plus years it's yeah Absolutely. they get they get to have a well, little bit those of the ones that play football and fun out, fun out. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah that seems like a whole nother job it's awesome good stuff so okay last thing then we're done 
uh, folks who want to come out and visit and, and say hello, some, see some of the horses, get to maybe do see some of the things we're going to see today. Yeah. We're, how do, what so, do we tell them? warmspringsranch.com. You want to book your tour in advance um, and, and make your reservations. We've got packages for everyone. We actually have general walking tours that start as little as $15. We have VIP tours where you can go out on a tractor and, and wagon and see the horses up close in the pastures. And that's what we're going to do in nice. just a little bit. And uh, and then we also have cool afternoon parties where if you're celebrating a birthday or an anniversary or you just want to get together with your friends for a happy hour, we have those available in the afternoons. Um, over the holidays, we're going to be open for the holiday lights, and this place is going to be absolutely gorgeous with Christmas decorations. And so be looking for that on our website as well. So that'll start the day after uh, Thanksgiving and roll through Christmas. So we've got a lot of exciting things coming up for the end of the year. So definitely come visit us. That's awesome. good. Now, I know obviously in St. Louis, they can, you know, see the see the Clydesdales. They can go to Anheuser-Busch. There's lots of activities there. What about your Fort Collins location? Do they have similar public-facing uh, abilities? It or? is. It's not all the time because the horses are traveling there. And so when the horses are out on the road, it is not open. But when the horses are home, you can check it out. So just go to their local website for Fort Collins, and you can find out when the hitch is going to be home. Very good. Yeah. That's right. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your hospitality. Thank everyone on the team here at Warm Springs Ranch. Everybody is. That's right. We have to say I'm drinking ABC. a Bud I know. Light. She, so You've got a Bud I'm right there. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers to that. Wow. The finest American uh, beverages that are made. I tell you, I'm growing up in St. Louis, like I, no, there's not. you just know this is the beer that you're going it's to not, drink. And so you go somewhere else and someone's, you know, like, oh, we don't drink that. I'm like, what? Are you crazy? There, there's there's no argument about it at all. So we won't even debate it. So uh, Amy Trout, thank you. One of the coolest jobs ever. That's mm -hmm. really part of the fun of what we're doing here at Network in America. Expensive. Learning about like cool, interesting, fun. And, and trucks and... Uh, incredible jobs doing... These, I mean, really like... Yeah, so please do uh, come on out to Warm Spring Branch if you can. Check out bushjobs.com if you're interested in getting involved in this. And uh, thanks so much. And uh, I can't wait to go uh, see some more horses. Yeah, so let's Thank you, Amy Trapp. Thank you, Trish. Great to see you. Thanks, for, thanks to Karen for arranging this. That's right. She's over there on the other side of the room. She did a great job here. So, okay. Great show. Thanks to our friends at Paychecks as well. Thanks for listening to the At Work in America show. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next time.